Thanks, Jen. Yes, I am here in person. If you're on our newsletter list, you'll know that um, the Brackett family, my family, uh, had... Um, the, what was the what was the phrase that uh, we went through the hell mouth? Is that uh, is that yeah? That's so. There we go. Um, we're just going to keep with that uh, that imagery for the rest of today. It sounds good. Thanks, Jen, for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we had uh, COVID interrupting uh, our home life uh, this week, and uh, Haley, as you as uh, you may know, our connections pastor is on maternity, and so this meant some interruption to the life of our church this week, uh, having to go through uh, a lot of uh, extra uh, hoops and. Uh, emotional uh, rigmarole. Uh, so rather than a full message prepared for us today, um, we'll just be doing um, our plan to mark uh, this this moment in time as like the back to school season. This is the week where uh, our friends at North Park University, who I saw a couple this morning, um, who are back uh, for school. Uh, if you're uh, a, a Chicago Public School student, you started this last week. My uh, three kids started this last week. So we're sort of in that um, back to school moment and we want to mark that uh, a big uh, sort of heartbeat message of our community that we'll return to often is that a full life stops to mark transitions, does so in community, tries to invite God into those spaces rather than racing through those transitions and just feeling moved at a speed that is so breakneck that we can't actually experience any fullness. So we're going to be doing that today. We're going to be marking today with a prayer over this season of back to school. Um, I want to I do a couple of things first before we do that. First is I just want to express some gratitude, as I mentioned, um, that uh, it was such an, an interrupted week for me as pastor. Uh, this week was, I, I, I can't remember a week that uh, drained so much of my emotional capacity uh, in a long time. And so I want to say uh, thank you to a couple of uh, volunteers in particular who were there and ready and willing to make today possible for an in-person community experience, even if there was a possibility that we weren't going to have any pastors here, which is like, you know, can you do church without the pastors there? Um, and so I just want to say an, a public thank you to Jen Colburn, who was just up here, and Abby Schultz, because they're amazing people. Thank you, Abby and Jen. There's, there's such value in being able to provide like this regular Sunday touch point, even when we all can't take advantage of it every week. I mean, especially in, in, in the summer months like August, like, you know, we see maybe like a third of our community on a Sunday. Uh, but to be able to provide that week in, week out, because there's always one or two or three or a dozen of us that need some sort of touch point to come back. Do you know, for many... Sunday service is the most spiritually alive moment in your week. And, and that's really important. That's like, that is nothing to, I, I've, I've, been in, I've been in church settings before, and perhaps you have been in church settings before, where if that was the case, if Sunday service was the most spiritually alive moment in your week, you were looked down upon. It was like, oh, you know, yeah, great. But, you know, being, being a person of faith is more than showing up to church on Sunday. And I just... To me, that doesn't cherish and hold the fact that this is like, this is hard. Living life is hard. Living life according to your values is hard. Living life against the grain of just the constant speed and pace of life. As I was saying before, we don't even get to stop and mark transitions like, oh, the season is changing. The academic calendar is starting. Something is different. I feel something different in the wind. We don't get to mark that. 
And my goodness, if we can just provide a touch point every Sunday, people to come together and feel that God is with them as they take a deep breath before, you know, getting ready to jump into the deep end again. I mean, it is such, it is such a thing to offer. And so, uh, yes, amen is right. Yeah, thank you. So it is hugely valuable that we have people who care enough about this community just as uh, from a volunteer standpoint to make sure that we can always provide that touch point. I am, I'm very, very grateful for those people. So I wanted to say that. Um, I wanted to, uh, before we uh, say a, a prayer and just hold space um, in, in this back to, back to school season, I did want to take a moment and pray after uh, a weekend in America again marked by gun violence, um, at least one of which was clearly racially motivated. I don't know how much uh, anyone has been following the news this weekend, but um, yeah, it's, uh, it's important in, in terms of, again, not being uh, those people that just get swept up in the pace of life to stop and acknowledge not just the transitions we experience, but the tragedies and the deaths that we experience. So, um, so I allow me one moment to lead us in prayer there, and then we're going to take a deep breath, and we're going to pray again around back to school. The, the ancients spoke of evil as a person, right? The Satan the devil, we've heard this language before, right? Yeah, I've been around this. Um, I'm really helped by uh, a writer on spirituality named Brian Zahn, who uh, relates that idea of uh, talking about evil as Satan or as the devil. He relates it to the way that we talk about weather patterns today, right? Weather patterns can, be so, can, can become so organized and so, so full of potential to destroy that we give them a name, right? Hurricane... Katrina, right? Tropical storm, fill in the blank, right? And it's the same kind of way. It's a, evil is more than, when we talk about evil as the devil or Satan, it's more than a metaphor, but it's not quite a person. It's somewhere in between there, right? That helps me think about this as we pray, as we consider our nation's obsession with guns, as we consider racially motivated violence, it's like those things seem to have a will of their own. They seem to be powerful seemingly as like a force, right? It's not quite a metaphor. It's more than a metaphor, but it's not quite a person. And so we pray in these situations for God, the force of love, to confront these forces of evil, to help us to commit to joining God in fighting them, to pave the way with our prayers for, you know, confront, confronting profoundly what needs to happen to change hearts, to protect scapegoated populations, and to show solidarity with hurting people. So I want to pray in that space. I want to not just zoom ahead because of the uncomfortableness of the news. I want to pray for, um, for those hurting. I want to pray once again for our country, as unfortunately we have so many times after moments of gun violence or racially motivated hatred. Pray with me if you will. <clears throat> God, it, it feels like these things have a will of their own. It can feel really defeating. It can feel uh, overwhelming. It can feel scary. It can feel like something we want to hide from, or it can feel like something we're so angry about that we can't think about anything else. 
God, would you show us that you are the force for love and for peace that is woven into every life and every space that we might walk around through or interact with. You are not asleep on the job, but your work requires our participation. And so we commit to joining you in your solidarity with the hurting of the world. We commit to joining with you, praying and paving the way for the swords to be beaten into plowshares, the the guns to be beaten into plowshares. We commit to joining you in exposing white supremacy, in exposing the idea that violence will solve problems, in exposing scapegoating and blame shifting and all of those things that further hurts and do not address the pain that people experience because they just transmit the pain to the next person. Help us to be a part of your guiding, wonderful light that leads us toward transforming our pain so that we do not transmit it, that leads us toward raising our hands for the ways that we contribute to problems rather than blame shifting, and that peels our minds off of that horrible lie that violence solves problems. God, we commit to joining with you as one community, joining the many communities that grieve when gun violence is in the news, that grieve when racial violence is in the news. We are among those, and we thank you that you are the God that knows pain, and you are trustworthy as you guide us. You are trustworthy and powerful to make change, and we commit to following you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, there's no clean way to, you know, transition, segue. So take a deep breath with me. Life does move on, right? Responsibilities, demands. The next thing on our calendar does present itself to us. And we must act and move on. We can't stop time, right? And so here we are in this rhythm of the academic calendar beginning. I was so moved by uh, the, a prayer penned by uh, Kate Bowler, who is a favorite of ours here at uh, Brownline Church. And, uh, and so I would like to pray Kate Bowler's blessing for the start of the new school year over us today. And I encourage you, if you are somebody uh, whose life revolves around the academic calendar because you're in school or because that like affects your work life, I, I encourage you to get in a posture of receptivity, right? We're praying for you. And so just let yourself, oh, yes, thank you. I will take that, you know? Let yourself in, uh, appreciate and take it all in. If you are somebody whose life does not revolve around the academic calendar, no doubt you feel the waves of that because so many of our lives do. And so I encourage you to put yourself in a posture of sort of praying, you know? Imagine yourself being one who is 
connecting the pipe works for someone else to feel the presence of God with them, okay? So some of us are going to be in a receptive place. Some of us are going to be in a praying for others place. Join me as I pray. The year is tilting toward the start of school again. But truth be told, we're not ready. We're still hanging on to summer, to the promise it held. For long-awaited connections and celebrations, for refreshment for our bodies and souls in water and sky and color and sunlight and all those moments given to us where we could linger just a little longer Now that it's almost over, we don't want to let it go. The beauty, the freedom, all that was life-giving. God, could you help us stretch it, extend it, maybe even blend it into the coming school year? And pray it again. God, could you help us stretch it extend it, and maybe even blend it into this coming school year. Parents, students, teachers, all, may your newly structured days breathe with creativity as your new duties are infused with delight. As you write on those fresh new calendars, may you trust that your plans are a lot like magic ink, Much may seem to disappear into obscurity, but whatever is done in love will remain. Much may seem to disappear into obscurity, but whatever is done in love will remain. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. (sighs) It is good to be together. It is good to sing. It is good to return to the rhythm of gathering. Um, As we close out uh, the month of August and we turn toward that time of year where we all feel the waves of the academic calendar picking up and life gets a little bit more busy and uh, we maybe are not traveling so much, uh, I'm really looking forward to how uh, our community will gather here uh, as a church this fall. Um, There are I'm just going to preview a little bit because I'm excited about it. So um, uh, what was originally planned for this Sunday is that we would finish our series of spiritual pathways, talking about different prayer uh, practices. And so we have one more prayer practice that we'll visit next week. And so I'll bring that to us uh, next Sunday. That's uh, Labor Day weekend is next Sunday. And then uh, we're going to begin a couple of Sundays talking about conflict as a church. Um, I'm super looking forward to September 10th because Kezia, my wife, is going to join me here for our message, and you're going to have a married couple talk about conflict in front of you all on uh, Sunday, which is going to be fun. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, September 10th, that'll be great. Kezia's uh, not often up here speaking. It took a little bit to be like, yeah, we should do this. And she's like, okay, we'll do it. So that's exciting. September 10th, look forward to it. Uh, We'll talk about conflict for a couple weeks, and then uh, we're going to turn our focus for uh, the entirety of the fall. Our theme, as I've mentioned to several of you already, is going to be talking about burnout. 
uh, my, my, uh, our drive for, for this theme of, we're gonna address burnout from lots of different angles. I've, uh, I've got a couple of friends who are gonna join us uh, remotely, uh, who uh, live across the country that are gonna help us to talk about burnout. Um, we'll, uh, Haley will return from maternity at some point. We're gonna get her angles and talking about burnout. She's gonna do a book report from us from uh, a book uh, called Rest and Resist, Rest uh, as Resistance by Trisha Hersey. Uh, maybe some of you are familiar with that book. It's, it's gotten some play here in our church. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about it from a lot of angles because burnout, ladies and gentlemen, is not a problem that you personally as an individual are struggling with. That's one of the deep, deep uh, pains that so many of us experience in our culture is that when we feel burnt out, we think we're, we're messed up and we've done it wrong. And if we could just get the resources and, the, and the, the teachings or like, you know, get ourselves in gear, we could hack it like all those normal people who don't feel burnt out. The fact is, ladies and gentlemen, burnout is not an individual problem. Burnout is a societal problem. If we feel burnt out, it's not because we are doing it wrong and while everybody else is doing it right. If you feel burnt out, it's actually because you're doing things right according to our culture, and that's the problem. So we are going to talk about this. We're going to talk about what it means to live in a world and operate within a culture and an age and time that exists to burn us out. What do we do as a result of that? How can community help us in that, and how can a connection with God help us in that? That's going to be awful. I'm really, really, this in, in some ways kind of feels like some of the most important um, Important stuff I've ever sunk my teeth into as I've been preparing for this series. It really feels like it is getting to the heart of what it means to be alive in the 21st century, living in a place like Chicago. How on earth do I do that and not just go insane? I, I hope to answer that question um, uh, in, in this series. So we'll be talking about burnout all fall.